Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pittsburgh Pop. Tim Benz, Rob Owen with you. Glad that you are with us here for our weekly slice of pop culture. We give you this podcast every Monday here on Breakfast with Benz and TV Talk and TV Q&A. You can find the both of us there. Me daily, Rob Weekly with TV Talk and TV Q&A. Rob, unfortunately, uh, we've got some bad news, really sad news to talk about from Hollywood, and that is the passing of Matthew Perry, who played Chandler on Friends. Yeah. Most familiar to TV and moviegoers for that, but he did have some movie roles as well. Uh, Fools Rush In with Selma Hayek. That one leaps to mind, but passed away over the weekend um, in a jacuzzi in Hollywood. I don't, do we have any more details as to an autopsy or anything like that or test results or anything to that effect? The autopsy has been completed, but I believe, but the results have been deferred, presumably pending toxicology results. I mean, for anybody of our age who grew up and you and I were probably hanging out and close to some of the same houses at Syracuse University, watching initial episodes of Friends, right. the peak of its popularity. Sure. Um, this was a staple for people. It was. It really was. And it's it's just such a such a shame. Perry, you know, has talked about some challenges he had with addiction. He wrote a book about it that was released last year. We don't know yet if that played a role in his death, but um, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, his character was to me, he was always my favorite character on Friends. He was the funniest character on Friends. I think he was the breakout character on Friends. Um, you know, he played that role in such a way that he sort of hit it right down the middle. Like if he'd gone too far in one direction, he would have been, you know, too much of a jerk. If he went too far in another direction, it wouldn't have been the same. But he he sort of got it right where it needed to be. And you know, I am never someone who has looked at characters on TV and been inspired by their wardrobes. I've just never done that. But I will confess, I had a Chandler Bing vest. I don't know why. I think I saw the vest. I liked the vest. I thought, oh, this is something Chandler would wear. And Chandler was kind of this character to me who was cool without being a cool guy like he was he was not a popular person but he would have been like the most popular among the not popular people and so i think that that is a reason that some people watching the show identified with that character so much and i was really struck by something that jeff greenstein wrote jeff was a, a writer on the first season of friends I interviewed Jeff when I visited the set of Friends, its first season for the, the book I wrote about Generation X and television. And so he knew Matthew Perry. I if I inter I may have interviewed Perry in a scrum. I don't honestly remember. I never sat down with him for a one on one. I know that. But Jeff Greenstein noticed that noted that some quote, something has shifted for fans of the show as well, of course, in the same way the death of a Beatle made it impossible to experience their music the same way. The death of a friend makes it impossible to experience the show the same way. A scrim has come down between us and those characters. Those six actors will never share a stage again. That that really struck me because although they have always said they would never do a friend's um scripted reunion they did do that 
behind the scenes reunion a couple years ago. But but as long as all of them were alive, you could still sort of imagine that, well, maybe they'll get together again and do something. And at now, the least they could have done what they did for HBO again yeah, 10 years from now. Yeah, exactly. And now, you know, that's it's just never going to be the same. So it's it's the end of an era as much as I am. I'm sad for him. I'm also just sad for viewers and just sort of their collective experience of that show and how it is now forever changed. Well, what you said about him being the breakout character, I think the most important thing about Chandler's character and Perry's acting is like Phoebe and Joey were caricatures of their characters. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they were archetypes. archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a jock, but the dumb jock role, the pretty right. boy. And then you had the, the ditzy blonde, right? Right. And then, um, you know, Ross was sort of the same thing, um, especially as the show went around, went along the sort of droopy dog thing that he portrayed, the falling upon everything goes wrong. Little black cloud hangs over him that developed as the show and they steered into that skid. And you know, Rachel and was like, the popular girl. 100%. Rachel Rachel was the popular. I think, you know, if you made me say who was the single best actor or actress on the show, it was probably Jennifer Aniston. But Matthew Perry, they needed him, especially early on in the show, because he acted funny and they wrote for him funny. Like he was he was the guy that you could insert to any scene with any of the five of the other rest of them. And he was going to advance the comedy and advance the plot by way of his humor. He kept the pace going. He did. And I think even beyond that, getting to what you were saying about the other some of the other characters being archetypes. I think the reason he came off as so original is that the melding of the actor and the role was so perfect. I mean, I think in some respects he was Chandler and you know, yes, he was performing a character, but he has even spoken about how he wasn't always sure where Chandler ended and Matthew Perry began and vice versa. We've read a lot about it. We'll continue to follow it. If news comes out more about details about his passing, we'll have them for you during our next podcast. But there's lots of other things that you wanted to discuss, Rob, and a couple of them having to do with WQED. One thing you wanted to bring up about QED, and that is the Filmmaker's Corner, which begins... It's 15th season at 10 p.m. on November the 4th. Yeah, so this is a local show that is hosted by Minette Seat, uh, a longtime producer at WQED. And it's an opportunity to give a showcase to films, independent films made locally. And so the show is back this Saturday with some new films. But also there's an interview with Morgan Overton, who's the worst workforce director for Create PA, which seeks to train folks working behind the scenes on local TV and film productions and, and stage productions as well. And just this past Friday, Citizens Bank gave a $200,000 grant to the Pittsburgh Film Office that will go to Create PA um, to help train more folks to work behind the scenes in local TV, film and streaming and stage productions from makeup to costuming. And, you know, we're still in this standstill period while the writer's strike gets resolved. The latest on that is supposedly uh, progress is being made in talks with the studios. They are talking again. So hopefully maybe we'll have a deal before we uh, record another podcast. But eventually... <laughs> 
you know, stuff will start filming again. Mayor of Kingstown, I think, would love to begin filming again in January. And so this create PA grant to the film office is going to help train more people up to work in that industry. What else did you and, want to say about WQED? Yeah, I know so one other thing. Plate there. Yes. Okay. So you know what? I, I've i had it up to here with QED. There's that? Auto, their automatic master control continuously screws up their programming. The latest screw up was last night. Instead of airing Hotel Portofino at eight, as it should have, it aired it at seven. Instead of airing World of Fire at nine, it aired it at eight. And so people miss their programs. And every time this happens, I hear from viewers who are so frustrated. Now QED is going to rebroadcast those shows, Hotel Portofino tonight at eight, World on Fire tonight at nine, which then will bump the uh, scheduled programming from tonight, which will result in me hearing from more people about it. So Antiques Roadshow, which should have aired at 8 tonight, will air at 2 p.m. Tuesday. An American Experience, we're on Disco, it was supposed to air at 9 tonight, will now air at 10 tonight. Anyway, this is all utterly avoidable. It is amateur hour at QED in terms of being able to do the most basic skill of a public television station, which is broadcasting as scheduled. They have a new CEO, Jason Jedlinski, who has talked a lot about the station becoming more than a broadcaster. But until WQED can get its basic purpose of broadcasting, working in a functional manner without frequent errors, he really needs to rethink his priorities. So you're hearing from tons of viewers about this on a regular basis? Yes, it happens. I would say it's it happens at least once a month that there is some screw up in programming and it seems to be increasing it seems to be becoming more frequent so you know every tv station has gone to automatic master controls mm. but i don't hear from any about any other screwing up to the degree that qed does now maybe the other stations have somebody standing by in case it screws up to to get it fixed but i just hear more about qed's errors than any other station in town well, I know one thing, Rob, uh, these problems wouldn't exist if Napoleon was still in charge. <laughs> you think he'd whip them into shape? Yes, exactly. So Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon, I saw the first trailer for it last night during the football game on NBC. I don't know if that was the first big rollout or if I'm just a little late to the party, but I saw it and I'm intrigued. You know, I'll be interested to go see it, but I also feel like I've seen it before. I'll do another 90s reference with David Spade. I think I saw it before when he was in Gladiator. <laughs> it looks like he's basically taking Commodus from Gladiator and turned it into a full movie and they called it Napoleon. It's It looks like exactly the same guy, just with a so, different hat. So you're saying director Ridley Scott, who did Gladiator and is doing Napoleon, is just sort of playing his best hits. Yes, exactly. It looks like, hey, Joaquin, you know that when you were like, the main bad guy, but the, the movie wasn't named after you. Let's right. do that guy again, but name it after you. Give you a different hat and a different accent. Well, we will see. The film is in theaters November 22nd, and then it will be on Apple TV Plus at some point after that. You also wanted to talk about The Gilded Age a little bit. Yeah, so the new season of The Gilded Age premiered last night on HBO. This is basically American Downton Abbey. It's by the same writer, Julian Fellows. 
Um, and this season, the show is very Pittsburgh obsessed. Every episode, there is a mention of Pittsburgh because this show is set in the late 1800s. And it's sort of about these two families, an old money family headed by Christine Bransky, and then a new money family headed by Carrie Coon and Morgan Spector. Those are the actors playing the Russells. And Mr. Russell is a robber baron, and he has a steel mill in Pittsburgh. And the uh, the workers at his steel mill are threatening to go on strike. So there is, quote unquote, some troublesome business in Pittsburgh. And it gets mentioned every episode. And then eventually he does go to Pittsburgh and uh, stuff happens. Uh, it's a great show. I love The Gilded Age. You know, it is the lowest stakes. Like, who's going to have more people at the opera? The old money Academy of Music or the new money Metropolitan Opera? I mean, it's it's... But the costumes are beautiful. The performances are great. Christine uh, Baranski delivers a line with such acidic wit. Um, I, I I adore the show. And it's the cleanest thing on HBO. No nudity, no profanity, no gore. Uh, it, it I love it. It's a great show. You think they should call it American Downton Abbey? Would that bring more eyes to it? <laughs> it would. It hundred percent would. But they're not about to do that. But I mean, they also—it's got the same upstairs, downstairs, where you're spending time both with the rich people and with their servants who work downstairs. So it's—it is American Downton Abbey, and it's great. I love it. I don't care that it's you know similar uh, structure or story. What else do we have coming up for um, TV Talk and TV Q and A? Ah, uh, yes. So uh, TV talk, uh, Rustin finally filmed in Pittsburgh in the fall of 2021. That is finally coming out. It will be in one theater, the waterfront this Friday, and then it goes wide on Netflix on November 17th. So I have a review of that as well as an interview with uh, director George C. Wolf about where all they shot in Pittsburgh. So that is coming to TV talk. And then TV Q&A, we begin with a question about uh, why has Heather Abraham been absent so much from KDKA lately? Two words usually come up for that. Pregnancy or vacation? It's not pregnancy. I don't know if people can pick up on where we're going with this, but if you can't read TV Talk and TV q and I'll be doing Breakfast with Ben's every day this week, including late night after the Thursday night football game. Don't forget Amazon Prime for the Steelers on Thursday night. I'm not sure which local affiliate has the Channel game. 11. Channel 11. Has 11 does? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, both I knew of them Channel this year. Both, both Amazon games this year are Yeah, because there's another 11. one on December the 7th against the Patriots yep. on a Thursday night. Also so. PXI. Keep that in mind and listen to me on the pregame show. It's always on DVE. You don't have to worry about that. DVE. <laughs> for the pregame show, uh, that'll be four hours in advance. So I guess it'll be on like 4.15 or something like that prior to the game between the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. And we'll write about it throughout the course of the week. Mike Tomlin's press conference is today. Everything's moved up because of the Thursday night game. So all of our coverage gets advanced as well at Breakfast with Ben's.